no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Timestamp, April the 20th. That's 420. I don't know what that means or why I should care, but it's 420. We have to do this now because if this comes out in the time where we're all dead, the few surviving members will know that we spent our last hours on this planet discussing songs together. Which is more more of a possibility these days after, after the news that you just got, Hankins. Yeah. Looks like my old home state of Georgia is going to be wide open come Friday. So get your tattoos, your nose hairs trimmed, your nails did, and your bodies massaged all during a pandemic. Come to Georgia. Walking dead. That was just a forecast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape. And I got to tell you, we got a kind of a biggie. On the hook today. Yeah, two, bi- two um, biggies in a row, you know. Two biggies in a row because we don't know how much time we got left on this old spinning ball. And this one is exceptionally appropriate for now in a time where at least one of these hosts is desperately seeking for hope. <laughs> My God. <laughs> he is desperately seeking anything to cling to. Um, I live by... Several simple rules. One of those rules is no smashing pumpkins at work. Mm. Just does not work out for me. Get way too excited. Sure. Can't concentrate. Uh, just just, just revved all the way up. Just ready to go. And also, if I am still able to have feelings and feel the need to air drum during the song we're discussing today... Mm. That means I am still alive. To date, I have not missed that drum solo, or not even a solo, just the beginning of the drum part. Yeah. I have not missed it yet. I still feel the need to bang out that fill with Jimmy Chamberlain it's, and get it's this It's a thing good drum going. fill. It is just a hell of a fill. It just it 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 fits so well, and it really kicks that song into gear. Now, here's the weird thing about. Smashing Pumpkins and Me. As you have heard on this podcast, or and or and or and or and or, I'm primarily focused on lyrics. That's that's number one, number one overall. Um, and Smashing Pumpkins was my first favorite band. Like, they were the first band that I truly loved that was a rock band. Like, I listened to rap music before that, and I don't consider them bands just because of nomenclature, not like making a, a, a judgment on either one, but like as a band, this was the first band I loved before I was into Dylan, before any of that stuff that I listen to now, the pumpkins fought through everything. And I mean everything. Like they cut through that. I owned uh, a couple of pumpkins cassettes and then nothing else with a guitar in it, save for like Sublime. And that was sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were the one. They were the thing that cut through everything for me, no matter what I was into. Um, but 
I rarely ever know all the words to a pumpkin song because they're only about feeling for me. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, the bands that I truly, truly, truly love, it usually goes like that, that I'll, I'll start and I'll listen to some of the lyrics and then I'll just kind of zone out. And then I'll come back in and I'll know a few here. And then there'll be something in particular that cuts through that I'll really love. And this is an odd fact because it really applies more to bands rather than individual artists. I don't know what it is, but that's just whatever the whatever these old earbones here. If they if you tell me there's five guys in this thing, I'm just going to zone out. And I, maybe it is because it's a band and I say, OK, that's what the singer's doing. Let me switch focus over here. See what the drummer's doing. Let me see how the bass is rocking on this thing. And then so I just kind of weave in and out of the song. And it happens literally every time I listen to it. I could set out, and I've for this song in particular, I have set out to pay attention to it. Can't do it. Just get lost in the moment. And then it just turns into a big anthem. And I can't pay attention individually to these lyrics. So there's probably going to be spots in this where you'll hear me actually recoil. Because <laughs> anytime I pay too close of attention to Billy Corgan, he will say some things. I'm just like, oh, come on, sweet Billy. What are we doozing? But the song today, Sean Majors, is oddly enough, one of our favorites. Yes. I don't know if we've ever listened to this song even in the same room together. No. If, if, no. It, if it is, it's very few times. Like, tight connection, every time we're together, that's coming on. Sure. A lot of those trucker songs, every time we're together, that's coming on. This one, we do not. We don't listen to a lot of pumpkins together. And I think it may be because this band is intensely personal for both of us. Yeah. What do you got to say? I've been talking for like five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, a couple things uh, to your point on the on the drum fills. Billy Corgan in a 2012 reissue, uh, in, in the reissue of Melancholy, the liner notes uh, that came out in 2012, um, he... Uh, <clears throat> He said of Muzzle, written at first on my piano in my crude Leninish tinker toy style, this song possibly is more than any other in the collection that demonstrates the power of the old band collective to, to convert up ideas rapidly from doleful sea shanties into epic rockets. So to your point about shut your mouth, Billy, um, it took me a month. It took me nearly a month to convince Jimmy to play with such joyful abandon on his fills, and I cited the great Big Star as an example where playing loose didn't necessarily oh. mean playing poorly. This notion opened up a whole new gateway to Jimmy's drumming, where emotional expressionism took priority over his vaunted technical precision. Um, so yeah, uh, man, I never even thought about that till right now. But this is so. It doesn't sound like a Big Star song. Yeah. However, when you mention that, that's the direction he gave to get to this i see the, uh, the connection is clear like this is september girls or uh what el gordo yeah it's more el gordo than it, that and it and that sort of is the pumpkins loud quiet loud yeah for sure and the idea of a muzzle refers to thinking my life would just be far simpler if i just kept my trap shut um yeah so <laughs> for for me honestly so melancholy and the infinite sadness this was the the my introduction to the smashing pumpkins um, there was probably a six month period in my life where I thought disarm from Siamese dream was a Nirvana song. Um, I, I don't know why, but, um, melancholy and the infinite sadness. I mean, I remember my sister, uh, I, I listened to it because my sister was listening to it. <clears throat> and I remember I took like the CD and you know, that, that Brown booklet with all the liner mm -hmm. notes and the cool old drawings and everything. Um, down on like a field trip to Dauphin Island, which is on the southern coast of Alabama. 
And um, I remember like <clears throat> my friend Daniel Thomas and I, like we were, it, it was like, you know, a week long trip. We were, we had roommates and stuff. And my friend Daniel Thomas and I like going through every song and like talking about like how this song makes, it was like a deep, like, you know, uh, uh, entry into like talking about like well how does this how how does this song make you feel like here's the lyrics isn't that cool so like it's it's always been very um i mean the the entire record is is incredible i do skip a lot of songs on it um like where boys fear to tread and a a lot of those like probably the, the harder like metal songs that are on it but i mean just the you know there are so many bright 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 spots in melancholy infinite sadness where you know, obviously the singles, but, um, you know, Lily, We Only Come Out at Night, Stumbling Through the Eyes of Ruby, and of course, Muzzle is probably one of my favorite songs on this, on this record. The, the thing, so my experience with the record was very different because the first time I heard it was on cassette. Oh, wow. Is that like four cassettes or four sides? Yeah, it's, it's at least three. Yeah. It's three cassettes. So wow. six sides. So, it took extra effort to get through the thing. And <laughs> yeah. like where you guys had one break yeah. between disc one and disc two, I had six breaks to deal with. And so it changes it changed how I compartmentalized the record because you'd you'd cut that first side on and I think it ended with track eight. Uh, which is, uh, or I think it ended with, uh, oh man, I'm terrible so, with song names. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So, uh, A, it looks like there are seven. So, the first side, I'm assuming these are sides. Uh, yeah. A goes from Melancholy, Infinite Sadness to To Forgive. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I was trying. Yes. And, God, I still remember. I still remember what, the, what this flip point was. And the, It was To uh, Forgive. So, To Forgive marks... So that was that that changed how I viewed the next side because it's very different when you come in with love and then you go down that thing and then muzzle muzzle sits toward the end of the second side. Yeah. And I'm ready to get to bodies, mm-hmm. which is on the next tape. So I'm just kind of like, all right, let's push through. Let's push through. It took me forever to fully listen and appreciate muzzle i had to get through the big shit on the like think about what a, a side of a tape that includes the instrumental and then it goes tonight tonight jelly belly zero da 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 all the way down to to forgive yeah so that's seven hot bangers right there i mean we're just banging it out and then the next thing starts with where boys fade to tread and bodies and all that. And 33 was, was the thing that kind of, that sort of broke me into them. Yeah, for um, sure. I had, that was the first one I heard as a singer. I was like, Oh, there's more depth to them than just they're another grunge noise act. Yeah. Because the singles were pretty heavy stuff tonight. Tonight obviously was great, but like that was, I kind of looked at that early because I didn't know any better, but that was like a novelty to me. Yeah. Then I hear 33 and I'm like, Oh, there's a lot, there's layers to this band. And I think I like all of them. So I'm, this is all brand new to me. This band, this fucking thing was like a new girlfriend. So it took a lot of listens before I even noticed muzzle. And then it was like, we came back to school after one semester off fucking muzzle had blossomed into womanhood. And then I was in love. <laughs> But we had this discussion the other night that, you know, if they had picked 14 songs, Mm -hmm. it would be the greatest rock record ever. Um, But I'm glad they didn't because it kind of became this record that uh, 
I've never gotten tired of because I've never felt like I've consumed the whole thing at the same time. It was always, oh, I'm in love with these six songs now. I'm yeah, going to listen yeah, to the whole yeah, thing to get to yeah, these six. Yeah, but I'm really, I'm zoning out here. I'm zoning in there. And then, you know, you get tired of those. And then I check back in. And then, I, oh, shit, there's eight more songs in here I love. But I've never been in love with it from start to finish. But now, like, muzzles the thing that I go back to. Yeah. it's um, And it just has that, like, perfect Billy Corgan. When he, when he breaks into I Fear... Like his his whale, it's it's that it's that like quintessential Billy Corgan whale that like we it, it it's never been better than in in those two syllables. Yeah, yeah, and it's it is if you wanted a song that summed up the whole experience of this band, it's that one. Um, obviously, disarm is a different song than this. Porcelain of the Vast Oceans. Those are different. Those are all pieces of the puzzle. But Muzzle grabs them all. And in addition to that, at points, Muzzle forgets that it's a pumpkin song. Yeah. And it does become a big star song. It just becomes a big rock anthem, which they always sort of skirted the edges around. Like Zero, giant big rock song, but it's still very pumpkins. Like, there's something in it that won't let you access it all the way. It never wants to be loved by everyone. If you told me Muzzle was the first single, it changes everything you think about the band. Yeah, it's really it's really weird because, you know, I'm reading, like, this stuff on the uh, Wikipedia. Um, on the Wikipedia. Have you, have you heard of the Wikipedia, Hankins? Um, Muzzle on... Muzzle has a page on Wikipedia. And um, it was... It says it was rumored to be the Pumpkins' fifth and final single from the album, uh, evidenced by the fact that a promotional single for the song was issued to radio stations worldwide. However, the song 33 was released as the fifth and final single instead. There was a rumor that a music video was actually filmed for Muzzle with Jimmy Chamberlain, but was never released. Uh, Corgan has denied this. The band went on to perform Muzzle for their next television appearance on Late Night with Conan O'Brien with replacement drummer Matt Walker. Um, did Jimmy get, did Jimmy get kicked out because of drug use? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Jimmy loved that needle. Yeah. Oh, he loved that needle. He loved them pills. Yeah. Jimmy was gone for a while. Like Jimmy's gone. So that's 95. Jimmy's gone through all of, through most of the touring for this record. Yeah. As you just said. And all of the creation of. A door. A door doesn't happen the way it is if Jimmy's still in the band. That's why a door sounds the way it is because they didn't have a drummer. Yeah. He, that's why it's, I mean, you know, that's why it's electric. That's why the song off the uh, Batman soundtrack sounded the way it did because yeah. the engine was taken out of the band. Yeah. So they had to go try other stuff. They were plugging in to do this thing and that thing. I mean, Corgan and Chamberlain, they basically performed every, like, everything on Siamese Dream and Gish. Yeah, yeah. They are, they're the beaten heart of it. Yeah. You know, Eha is extremely important, but they are the driving force between that thing. And, you know, my, my own suspicion is that Jimmy's the only one that would stand up to Corrigan. Yeah. That's what it feels like when, to me. Like, Well, that's the thing about heroin addicts. Like, they, they never really fall down. They keep standing up. 
<laughs> they just swear. All right, I guess I've waxed poetic enough about smashing pumpkins. Let's get into the actual poetry. Um. Yes, let us. <laughs> I I had it up and then I lost it. Um. <clears throat> all right. my life, brother. <laughs> Yo, uh, muzzle by smashing pumpkins. Uh, I fear that I'm ordinary, just like everyone. Stop. <laughs> um, here's the weird thing about that lyric. Is it is very easy. It's very basic. To, and it's also easy to hear feel. Just in the, you know, if you just put the song on with a casual ear, you can hear, I feel that I am ordinary, just like everyone. Which is oh, the yeah. same sentiment. But a very different connotation that when you say you fear that, then you're we're off and go. Now we're off and running. Now he's kind of pulled the curtain back, or in his case, rolled the sleeves up to reveal them sweet, sweet birthmarks. Um, <laughs> but that's a hell of a way to kick off a song. <clears throat> I fear that I'm ordinary, just like everyone. Drum, drama, 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 drama. <laughs> um, to lie here and die among the sorrows, adrift among the days. For everything I ever said and everything I've ever done is gone and dead. It's just that, like, uh, that fear of dying with regret of a life lived with, like, no true authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly Shakespearean in its construction. Like, that is that is some prose right there. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm I'm wagging a finger at that. I'm on the hook so far, Billy. I'm, I'm still with you. <clears throat> and again, it is so hard to <laughs> just to, yeah. to talk these lyrics, to talk like they talk on the TV and, uh, <laughs> and, not, and not sing them. Um, I fear that I'm ordinary just like everyone. To, die, to lie here and die among the sorrows adrift among the days for everything I ever said and everything I ever done is gone and dead. As all things must surely have to end and great loves will one day have to part. I know... That I am meant for this world. And great loves will one day have to part is such an adult lyric. Yeah. That is such a, and, it, and it's not common to this kind of music and it's not even common to this band necessarily. Um, but it is, it is a lyric that says, I understand. I sing a lot about pain and I endure a lot of pain, but I also know it's coming. So I guess we just got to push on. My life has been extraordinary, blessed and cursed and won. Whew. Whew. I, so, all right, let's talk about this. I would imagine your text spells one, W-O-N. Like yeah. I yeah, won. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard it that way. It was always oh, blessed it? and cursed and one, it was always the life is blessed and cursed, and that kind of gets back to the thing I was saying earlier. Is like I don't actually care what the lyrics are, yeah, because by the time I'm this far in, it's Hankin singing this song, Billy. You are just <laughs> <laughs> you're just setting the meter and the melody, and I'm doing what I'm doing uh, because it is blessed and cursed in one in my head, and I know that's not the lyric now. Ain't gonna change a damn thing about what I'm singing it because it, I feel like that's what the song for me 
wants it to be. You know, you're you're extraordinary. It's blessed and it's cursed in one rather than and one because I don't think the, the and one kind of tells you that the story's over. I don't believe the story to be over. Maybe he was talking about and one the basketball. Maybe he tape. wanted to be hot sauce. <laughs> um, and it and and you know that's when that's when the drums uh, that's when uh, Chamberlain has another drum fill. Um, also, who could know what the lyrics are when you're fucking just waiting on that? I know. <laughs> Time heals, but I'm forever broken. By and by the way, have you ever heard the words I'm singing in these songs? It's for the girl. Ooh. I've loved all along. Can a taste of love be so wrong? Hold on, hold on. We're going to spend some time right there. Um, I don't know that that's not the best lyric he ever wrote. I don't know. Have you ever heard the words I'm singing in these songs? Question mark. Like, if, if, you, if you put comma bitch right there, then it means Hankins wrote the song. <laughs> it's like... Um, you know, somebody somebody performs at like the Battle of the Bands or a school talent show, and then like you know he gets uh, the the dude gets off stage and and like Susan walks up and he's like, "Wow, that was a, that was a really great song, Billy." He's like, "Yeah, did you, did you listen to the words, Susan?" No, yeah. no, I was paying attention to the music. I was paying like, attention to your drummer. Yeah, yeah, fucking Chamberlain's ripping that shit up. Dude. <laughs> I can't pay attention to anything you're saying. Like that lyric is the essence of Darling Nikki. From Purple Rain, from the mm. actual Purple Rain movie, like that's what like he is he is pointing that at someone. Yeah, and I mean it is pointed and loaded, and then to follow it, it's for the girl I've loved all along. Can Which it, means I'm not done loving her, but I don't. But for, in in Hankins' world, it's always like this bitch just ain't listening. Apparently, uh, Corgan just got divorced. Whoa, <clears throat> and. Uh, the first show featuring Matt Walker on drums after Chamberlain was kicked out, uh, he was, Billy quote, was quoted as saying, I wrote this next song solely for my wife. She's here today. I'm sorry. I love you. And I hope you understand. This is for you. Whew. See? He was pointing it. At it. He was pointing it. <laughs> as all things must surely have to end, and great loves will one day have to part, I know that I am meant for this world. The acceptance that he digs out in this thing is is pretty exceptional um, to to be a little mopey and to be sad but to still have the foresight to just accept that I'm okay again it's not it's not what you think of when you think of smashing pumpkins you think of the world as a vampire sent to drain yeah um, you think and I, I, he's been quoted as like I'm all I remember reading I got, I was deep into Machina and subsequently Machina too. And I remember like, maybe on the storytellers actually, where he's, he's telling his new wife or girlfriend or whatever about, he's, he's just starting to write, uh, try to hold on. And he has to stop and, and he, he sings the lyric. He says, why is everything got to be so sad? And he's like, no, no, no. It's a, that's a command. Try <laughs> to hold on. Yeah. And so that is the, that is his ethos or pathos i don't know which one that i don't know how that falls logos um logos it's not logos, um, <laughs> logos, the, not logos. the 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 gay channel <laughs> logos the place where you go print t-shirts but <laughs> but you don't come to smashing pumpkins to be uplifted no in man this way 
but he stops and he does it for me. And I think that's why this song registers so differently with me is he's telling you all that other shit is real. It is. The pain is real. The sadness, all that, the melancholy and the infinite sadness, all that is real. However, you're meant for this world. Don't fucking check out. Mm -mm. And in my mind, as I was floating far above the clouds, some children laughed. I'd fall for certain for thinking that I'd live forever. It's, uh, it's very like, it's like he's, he's battling like just the fact that he's a superstar. Cause this, this record was huge. And for a self-indulgent, like bloated two disc, 29 song or however many songs are on this fucking thing record. It was a huge accessible pop success. Mm hmm. And I mean, I think it's easy to forget just how fucking huge, especially probably because we're the biggest band in the world for a time. Without question. And I don't relate to that because by the time I got to them, the backlash had started. Yeah. So uh, for me, the experience is, oh, this is the little band that I'm fighting for. Like I'm in the, I'm in the pit swinging. It's me and a bunch of girls who with, with a bunch of scars on their uh, arms. <laughs> we're just, we're swinging for this band. Like we love this band. I don't have the, the, the idea of, oh yeah, it doesn't crystallize with me that bullet with butterfly wings was on the radio every 14 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't have that relationship with them, but yes, by the time they get to here, they are massive, massive. And, uh, you know, in my mind, as I was floating far above the clouds, some children laughed. I'd fall for certain for thinking that I'd live forever. It's um, it's kind of it, it, this is a, it, it's a very weird song because it's like a it's a meta song almost about the business, but it's also talking about like your ex wife. It's it's a song that doesn't know what it wants to be, which I think is very representative of the message he's trying to talk about. Like it's a yep. it, it's a mishmash of messages that that can't figure out what it is. Which is like, you know, just because you're a fucking superstar, does that mean you have everything figured out? Of course not. You're fucking, your drummer's a superstar and he's knocking on death's door because he's ODing three times a month. <laughs> he's got a scheduled OD on the calendar. I can't oh. meet you for drinks. I have to OD. <laughs> if I don't OD, I'm going to have two next week and God knows I can't I, do that. Well, who knows? What, and yeah, that, that part, far, like, we've told a pretty straightforward narrative up until we get to, and in my mind as I was floating far above the cloud, like that is non sequitur. It doesn't make any sense compared to the rest of it. He's just, he's just kind of summed up everything in the lyric before. I'm meant for this world. We're cool. We're 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 proceeding down a path of logical twelve steps. I've acknowledged the problems. I've accepted it, and I'm moving on. And then we immediately go to some dreamscape that doesn't really resonate at all. And like, eh, it, he ties it back together pretty quickly, but yeah. the lyric, some children laughed, I'd fall for certain for thinking I'd last forever. That doesn't mean anything in the context of what he's given us so far. No. And I mean, it's, it's the, isn't that the biggest, the biggest burn of all, you know, of all like some dumb kids playing outside. They think, they think you're, you're the idiot because you, yeah. You think that that you live forever? Um, it's it's also a weird song, just mechanically, because it's like there's two verses. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Are there? Like, I, there's no chorus. 
Uh, there's definitely no chorus. Like, I guess the, as all things must surely have to end, great loves one day have to part. That's repeated once. But the, in my mind as I was floating, I get, it's a bridge to an outro, basically. Yeah, it's just, it is a poem. Like, this is just a poem. Yeah. There's no getting around it. It is not structured as a song. Um, no. And it, if you, finding out that it was written on piano, yeah, helps me understand a little bit, especially yeah. if he, that's not his strongest instrument. No, um, and he's just kind of tinkering around a little bit, and also he he said Lennon-esque, so that means he's heavily influenced by the Beatles. The Beatles didn't always stick to structure. I'm not surprised by it, but no, this thing is not. There is no verse, chorus, verse. There's nothing. The Beatles nothing didn't always there. stick to making enjoyable music to listen to. Look, I'm, look I could, it's just going to start a fight. I just have to stay out of it. I have to stay out of it. It's always going to be problematic. I know. I know. That's gonna, I get it. That's going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun future episode. Um, <clears throat> some children laughed. I'd fall for certain for thinking that I'd live forever. Uh, and then there's just a, an outro. I guess you can call it an outro. Um, well, he's tying up the rest of this dream or vision that he's having. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to call it a dream for the sake of argument. Yeah. Um, or He's tying this dream together of he's floated off. He thought he had it. These fucking kids are giving him the blues. I mean, they're just fucking giving him <laughs> giving him hell. <laughs> I imagine it's the children hey, from the hey, Freddy Krueger Hey, look at the motherfucker. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, birthmarks. Pull your sleeves up. Hey. Your black shirt says zero. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, lock your door. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> but I knew exactly where I was. And I knew the meaning of it all. And I knew the distance to the sun. Is that an Icarus reference? I, I, I've always felt that way. I've always felt that he's trying to tell us. It could get sideways for me. As you just mentioned, he's dealing with being a, a massive rock star right now. Um, and, you know, he was much more massive after this. Yeah. But fucking Siamese dream was, was big shit. So, and, and maybe, you know, if you're in the space, he's just gotten a divorce. All those things. And in the space between Siamese dream and this coming out, he's, he's basically telling himself, I know how far is too far. Yeah. With I knew the distance to the sun, i.e. I will not have my glue melt and fall <laughs> to the earth in, in a heap. <clears throat> I knew exactly where I was. I knew the meaning of it all. I knew the distance to the sun. And I knew the echo that is love. That doesn't. That's just a Jimmy Hendrix throwaway lyric. <laughs> and I knew the secrets in your spires. Mm-hmm. And I knew the emptiness of youth. And I knew the solitude of heart. And I knew the murmurs of the soul. I really wish we'd stopped after uh, (laughs) Distance to the Sun. I can't make any sense of... I mean, I can make sense of it, but like, there's there's nothing particularly impactful in the actual lyrics following that. However, the repetition of I knew is a powerful statement. Yeah, it is very powerful to start saying I was sideways floating in the clouds. But in that moment, I knew all these things. So even in times of detachment, 
I still have some some ability to process and I, I understood with clarity that again I am meant for this world. Yeah. Um and the world is drawn into your hands, and the world is etched upon your heart, and the world, so hard to understand, is the world you can't live without. Jesus. <laughs> and I knew that's the silence of the world. Home. Yeah. That's that's bringing it all back home. Is he he gets he gets out there for just a little while, which he brilliantly started off by literally saying, "I was floating far above the clouds." And it's all an echo of I'm meant for this world. That is the lyric in the song that is the most important because that's what he keeps telling us over and over and over and over and over. I knew I was meant for this world and the world is meant for me. Like it is, it is the anti-suicide anthem without coming out and telling you that. And yeah. I don't mean suicide in, in just as the ending of one's own life. It is... Suicide of anything. Yeah, it's suicide by way of, you know, not trying. <laughs> yeah. It's suicide by living a, you know, a quiet life. Yeah. A, a life that is ordinary, just like everyone else's. Like, if you were to... This is the mirror opposite of the Radiohead song, No Surprises. Where, like, mm -hmm. Tom York just wants a, a, a quiet life. Yeah. Um, he wants to go to work, he wants to come home, and he wants to go to bed. Says, yeah. I'll take a quiet life, a handshake of carbon monoxide. Like, and even in that lyric, Tom York isn't talking about suicide. He's literally talking about waiting in traffic to go to work. Waiting in traffic every day. Which in, yeah. in, a, in a sense is suicide. Uh huh. <laughs> in the. I mean, it's just a long, it's a long con. It's an ineffective one. Yeah. Or inefficient, I should say. It's an inefficient one. Yeah. Um, it's the long game. It, and it is. That that happens to a lot of people that are artists for a living. It becomes a drag to do this. I don't think Billy's there yet in in this because he hasn't truly exploded. Like he's still living the dream a little bit. Um, it reminds me of the Sun Kill Moon song where um, Mark and I won't even try to call his. I can't pronounce his. Last the cousin name. dies. I heard it. What's the one where the cousin dies? <laughs> It's the record prior to that. Benji? Um, Benji is where the cousin dies. Shit, man. Um, Among the Leaves is where this one comes from. And he's he's just talking about being on tour. And uh, he he basically says, you, you get on this plane and I'll sit at your desk. And I'll take lunch and I'll be home by five. And you call me in Warsaw if you've got the time, <laughs> meaning, motherfucker, I've got to go hustle this shit because yeah. the Americans don't give a shit about me. I've got to go work. You think this thing I'm doing is so easy and so great, and it is, but there's some things about your thing that's great, too. What is the song where the cousin dies? Is it Ben's My the Friend? The cousin... No, no. The cousin dies in song one on Benji. Carissa. Yes. Okay. Carissa is the cousin who dies, just like... <laughs> Another member of his family. Um, so, all right, let's just segue. Let's just do a quick segue. Have we talked about this on here before? No, 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 no. Okay. So, on the Sun Kill Moon record, Benji, it starts with a song named Carissa, where he is describing going home for a funeral of a second cousin who he was not particularly close to, but he felt like 
you know, he wanted to be there. It was an obligation of his because that was his family. Um, and she died in a freak accident in which an aerosol can exploded in, uh, in the trash, in either a, in a tra- in the trash. I would assume it's from burning trash. The lyrics, the lyric is, I think an aerosol can blew up in the trash. God damn. What were the odds? I don't know why I'm laughing. No, 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 no. But do you know what, the, do you know what he means when he says, what are the, what are the odds? No. Keep reading. Keep reading the lyrics. She was just Keep getting, going. she was just getting ready to go to her midnight shift as an RN in Rosworth. Keep she, going. She vanished Keep going. up. She vanished up in flames like that. Keep going. <laughs> but there had to be more to her life's worth. Everyone's grieving out of their minds, making arrangements and taking drugs. But I'm flying out here tomorrow because I need to give and get some hugs. Get to the next verse. Carissa was 35. You don't just raise two kids and take out your trash and die. F- stop right there. Okay. God All right. Damn it. It's later in the song. I don't want to make you keep reading. Guess what? He's what the odds are. They had another family member that died from an aerosol can exploding. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that has haunted me since I heard it the first time. And uh, I, I messaged a friend of mine who we both listened to band. Like, like, have you listened to Benji yet? No, I said, you got to fast track it because we got to discuss what happened to his cousin. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, wait a minute. There were two of these motherfuckers in this family that died from an exploding aerosol can. Wait, so this is this is like a true story. I, I, why, who would make this up? Oh no! <laughs> who who would make this up? No, I don't like. So that I at take all. it as true, but it is one of the great mysteries of the world. Did you know about that when you were up there floating, Billy? That a poor woman in Ohio, <laughs> a poor family in Ohio. Would suffer two aerosol can related deaths? Is that oh, something? What is what does genius say about this? <laughs> about the Sunkill Moon song? Hopefully not a damn I hate that damn website with a scalded passion. In the opening track uh, of Benji Kozalik in initiates motifs that run through the album of death, regret, grief, childhood childhood, home, nostalgia, and family, with a reflection on the death of his second cut. Yep, 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 yep. Carissa J. <laughs> Sampson. And you know who I think about every time? Carissa, di- Carissa died in 2013 at the age of 35 in a freak accident involving flammable waste, tragically under the same circumstances as her grandfather the year There years you before. go. There you go. There oh, you go. Fuck, man. There you go. You know who I think about every time I hear that song now? That woman that we found on Twitter while we were watching Last Singer. <laughs> I think about her every time. Uh, that woman definitely so, burns her trash. So, ladies and germs, when Mass Singer Season 1 came out, we would all watch it and we would message each other. And I would go on Twitter and just look and see what people were saying. And there was a lady whose tweets just stood out to me. I don't know why they stood out. but So, that led me down the path of her, her Twitter page. And uh, so man, sad. I got to tell you, she had had it rough. Yeah. She had had a tough life. Um, employment was was tough. Had some bad men in her life. Two kids. Had some children she was struggling to raise. Um, and it really just, it really struck me. I mean, it really hit me right in the chest. And I have, I check in on her ever so often. <laughs> um, just pop in to see how she's doing. See if things are getting a little better for her. Um, happy to report she is 
steadily employed. I believe her to be a truck driver right now. Oh, that's great. And, you know, she's doing better. Have not seen any food post of her saying, all I've had to eat this week is this chicken patty, but my kids got to eat. So she's doing better. So shout out to you in Toronto, Ohio. <laughs> God. <laughs> Next week, Rap God by Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, this one, this is just one of those songs that if you hear this and it doesn't fire you up, you need to go to therapy. Yeah. Because it it really does have the ability to lift me out of a hole every time I'm in one. Now, you can't overplay that hand. Mm-mm. And it's, it's very rare that I go seek it out. It usually finds me. And that's a de- that's a that is a straight shoot, as we say in the wrestling business. Like, it is not often that I will go listen to Muzzle. I just wait for it because I have faith <laughs> that in my time of need, my day ex machina is always going to be Muzzle. It will find me when I need it. Um, I listened to it last night on purpose when I texted just you to, about it. to have heard it. I would I wanted to have heard it before we. Got into it. Yeah. Um, and then I get a text message from fucking Rob that says, man, I can't wait to do this episode about muzzle. To which I was like, are you following my Spotify? I'm literally <laughs> listening to it right now. We, no, we, that's not the biggest coinky dink. No. We may deal. have been listening to it at the same time because I was, I texted it to you because I was listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Then we how's were that? cross-pollinated. How's that, for a, how's that for a looking at the same moon Type of situation. <laughs> it's hard for me to believe the same moon in Johnsburg, Illinois. Look down over you. Don't get me started on Tom Waits because we'll be here all night long. Shawnee, you got any final thoughts on Muzzle? I love this fucking song. I, I, I feel like a bad Pumpkins fan. Obviously, I'm not as big of a fan as you are. But P- the Pumpkins were my favorite band for more than, more than a couple years. And <laughs> the band means a lot to me. You and I w- went... Uh, with Stephanie to to see the to see them, um, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, the even though <laughs> we were missing Darcy and Jimmy, um, but the I feel bad at how many songs on Melancholy that I skip over because I can't wait to get to like like you said I had the luxury of of having this on CD first, um, but. I feel bad about how many songs that I routinely skip over to get to, you know, 33 or Muzzle. But uh, Muzzle, to me, is... It might be one of my favorite Smashing Pumpkins songs. Um, uh, like it's it, one of my favorite songs, period. Yeah. it's. I like, mean, it, it is for Pumpkins, it, it, it's up there with today for me. Yeah, and I think... I, I'm so glad it didn't get released. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's not a single. It's like it's more yours. It when is it's not very a much mine. Like it was never. It was no. I had never heard one person in my life speak about this song that influenced me to love it. Yeah, it was completely mine. And luckily, I have a unique experience in that. That I came into this outside of peer group. Yeah. So yeah. I got to love all these songs and all these bands without the benefit in some cases of a roadmap, but I, I find that as a luxury 
that is why a lot of these songs are so personal for me is like, they are just mine. And I don't know many people who love them like I do. They just, they, they don't, they didn't listen to this kind of thing or this, this particular one didn't hit them that way. Um, or they checked out over this record or that record. Um, but it's just an incredible uplifting song from a band who you never thought would give you an incredible uplifting song. Yeah. Um, and in these times of want and woe, I say this to all of you, whether muzzle is a damn good example, but whatever you got, you go find your muzzle. This has been cold dog soup. The mix.